Excellent. And we are live. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Gathering Madness. That's what you'll hear come this weekend at The Gathering Madness. That was a nice preview. How many people had a heart attack? None? Great. Fantastic. Happy to hear it. I mean, I did just a little bit. <laughs> Very worried fact, for a moment. I moved my entire office to Josh's house. Damn, just for, impressive. Just, just to make prank. <laughs> just to make prank. I just make a little prank. In but... Kazakhstan, we make best pranks. <laughs> but in all actuality, welcome everyone to the Black Tower Podcast. All right. Welcome, welcome, everyone. There we go. I can get rid of all the extra, like, white splash. Nice. Yeah. Hey, anyway. Me, white splash. <laughs> Is that your, uh, your name in high contest name? Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, uh, everyone. I am your Bajan Mahal. Definitely didn't almost call myself the Soravan Mahal. Um, speaking of which... He's uh he's out in the field, the land of Disney or something like that. I don't know which one it is. Either the world or the land of. I don't know. He is at the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeez, he really did go like across the country. Bruh, you know how he does travel. It's never small. He doesn't it's do always it small. as much as humanly possible. Which I get because like, again, you also travel. Right? And, like, again, don't get me wrong, I appreciate the fact that he works in, you know, a capitalist society that doesn't appreciate vacation. Um, and that is both a bad thing and also not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it, it's both. But also, again, he packs so much stuff into his time off because he knows he doesn't get that much. <laughs> yeah. Which is absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. Mm -hmm. Um... But so Josh is out and about, but do not worry. He will be with us at the Gathering Madness this weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this live or watching this live or whatever you're doing, um, for those of you that aren't, Gathering Madness uh, has already happened uh, yep. from October, uh, Friday, October 13th to through uh, Sunday, October 15th. And as this episode goes public, we will already be have been back home for a week after celebrating the conclusion of our fifth year talking out into the void of the internet and people listening for some reason. Um, Indeed. Also, Josh, thanks you for listening has... as a Sorbonne. Go ahead. Yes, he does. Also, it, the funny part is that, you know, we're doing all of this stuff for the Gathering Madness on this episode, and we'll actually have the live episode from the Gathering Madness out before this episode's out, which is a little bit humorous to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, again, I am your Bajan Mahal. My name is Andrew, if you don't know who I am, which I definitely understand, and uh, you should probably be thankful that you don't. 
I guess. I don't know. And well, I am joined now. I am joined by a fantastic co-host. That's you. With the magnificent mustache. No. no. Uh, I am the passable co-host at best, who does have a possum living on my upper lip. Uh, your Amon Khan <laughs> You're making me choke on my Yes. Yes. Oh, I love getting Andrew when he's drinking. Um, making him laugh. Making him laugh. That's it. Dude. Oh my. Just... As as far as like phrasing things go and hilariousness goes, one of my tables at Cheesecake Factory the other day had one of the better ones, which was, mm -hmm. you know, I went over and I was like, hey, what can I get you? The first uh, woman ordered who was at seat one, seat two, then I was like, all right, cool. And what can I get you? And she was like, oh, no, I'm actually just going to eat off of her. And all of us stopped for a moment. And, like, waited for her to say plate for, like, just, like, delayed plate. But she did not. And then all of us looked at each other and then looked back at her. And I went, just right here in the middle of the restaurant, huh? That's a that's a thing we're going to do today. <laughs> and that's when she got what she had said. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Which was hilarious. We all had a good laugh. Um, but anyway. Yeah, um, oh, what did I... Um... What was he talking about? I can't remember what he was talking about, but I walked in back into the office today after running to the, the head or the uh, restroom. Mm -hmm. And I walked into one of my coworkers saying, um, what it was like something like, uh, that's why like I go for minors or something like that. And he was talking about mm -hmm. not not age related minors it was like yep. either like minors in like a game or like the minor leagues of like uh, i forgot exactly what it was but i know it wasn't that because i walked yeah. in and immediately like stopped and looked at him and i was like you gonna finish that sentence and he was like what because clearly he understood not only his intent but was there for the full conversation yes exactly now, i just walked into but it sounds like a felony and he's like oh no 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 yeah right <laughs> Uh, always fun to walk into a conversation already in progress. Always fun to walk into a felony. <laughs> yep. Wow. Indeed. Well, welcome everyone. Thank you for being here. As stated before by Andrew, this is the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast, which, I don't know, I'm feeling like today we don't normally go ahead and put in uh, that much of an intro. I mean, we have obviously like the intro intro. But we're Wheel of Time podcast, and we talk about different topics in the Wheel of Time. One of the reasons that we are sort of different than ye old other ones is that we don't read the books again in any particular time frame. We talk about themes throughout the On entire the book series. Yes. Well, in general, in, in a lot of ways. But yes, especially on the show. Uh, we talk about things that actually, you know, themes and characters and storylines and arcs and things like that that actually span the entire book series. Uh, and we think that's actually a lot of fun because especially for this particular book series, not that it doesn't happen in a lot of them that are long running. But uh, as I said, especially in this particular book series, um, Robert Jordan got really good at calling things back from earlier books. 
and you can argue that that was either that he was really good at putting them in later books, uh, that he was really good at inserting things into earlier books, or some kind of both. Either way, it's a thing that he did throughout the entire story. And so it's really, really fun to get a chance to actually talk about all of them in real time, if you will. Uh, instead of going ahead and actually having to sit there and only talk about the, you know, hey, he mentioned this, like, I've read the book. So, he, oh, he look in this chapter. He, you know, mentioned this thing that may or may not become relevant later, especially if you're, you know, doing your podcast with other people who have not read the books <laughs> and you can't actually talk about it openly. We can actually sit there and talk about, you know, and here's where he went ahead and put, uh, I mean, that's fair. Shut your face, Max. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and so so it's really, really awesome to be able to sort of sit down and talk about sort of the entire flow of the book series from start to finish without needing to take a moment and be like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about that thing that happens later in book 10 on book two. Uh, or getting to the point in book 10 and finally be able to being able to talk about it, but not necessarily having it as fresh, not actually like being able to talk about that particular thing as a specific topic or trope or, you know, uh, Easter egg or whatever you want to call them, whatever they are uh, in the moment. Um, I think that's really, really cool. And I hope that you guys do as well. I know that we thought that it was really important to go ahead and have a podcast that did that, at least from uh, for the majority of our episodes. Uh, and I think that, you know, I certainly here nearing-ish the end of five years uh, have really appreciated that particular type of... Um, God, what's it? System? What What do we call it? Format. Mm -hmm. Format. There we go. That's, That's the word, word I was looking for. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I like it because whenever we're doing a full spoiler discussion, which is most of the time, mm -hmm. like you said, we don't have to worry about like metering tangents. We don't have to worry about like spoiling plot lines. We don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And yep. when we're talking with people where we do have to do that, it's not that we dislike it. Or that we're oh, against course. it or whatever. We're we're definitely all for avoiding spoilers. Uh especially given a is... lot of the people that we end up talking to who end up being dope people who we definitely don't want to spoiler. But yeah. But <laughs> it's there is a certain difficulty with it, especially like if you're rereading parts of the books, or it's been a while since you've reread parts of the books, or you just like like I often uh have like not a great memory, or I have a, a very a vajeri fuck is that i have a, a very generic memory sometimes where i generically remember events from the book and kind of like the overall like result or input or whatever from it but maybe not exactly when it happens so i yeah. might remember an event and off the cuff think that it happened in like winter's heart only to find out that like no that doesn't happen until like uh towers of midnight mm -hmm. or something like that and um, now you've spoiled some for somebody and that sucks yeah. But in but. the spirit of avoiding said spoilers, we're going to go ahead and give you your spoiler warning for this episode. And it's very nice and lovely toned. Let's see if Stream Deck's buttons want to work. This hey. is your Black Tower podcast, Wheel of Time spoiler warning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to spoilers, but this is a beginning. 
If you continue to listen, you may be cursed with the knowledge yet to come. These curses may include knowledge that you are, in fact, just a farm boy. Drinking one glass of wine now leads to mustache pulling and a hell of a hangover. Resigning that you will never be as good with the ladies as your friends are. Realizing Andrel is bae, regardless of your gender or sexual orientation. The inability to stop tugging your braid in anger, even if you don't have hair. And understanding that the word taint is simultaneously a noun, adjective, and verb. Discovering you have more titles than actual name. The BDE, also known as Big Dragon Energy, becomes undeniable. Finding yourself promising to read a new spring and never getting to it. An uncontrollable urge to argue over inconsistent pronunciations. Knowing that hating gone is a responsibility, not a privilege. Again, there are no beginnings or endings to spoilers, but this is a beginning. You have been warned. Thank you to the fantastically talented and dulcet tones of the registered nerd. Indeed. One of my top however how many spoiler warnings do we have like 10 it is definitely one of my top 10 favorites <laughs> no, i don't want anybody Still to meeting. feel bad there oh, it turns <laughs> out we have 11 and it's like who's in last place <laughs> but That's um funny. well i mean seeing as how more shoddy is like five of them i don't necessarily think that that would be well, a, he only counts as one, one. when i exactly counts as one it's just different a versions still only counts as one yeah, it's like picking a fighter in Tekken and just using a different skin. It's still right. just the same fighter, just different skins. Fair enough. Um, so as has been uh, a fantastic pattern here as we're nearing the end of year five, um, if y'all haven't noticed, when we go through picking topics, there seems to be a fair bit of uh, one of us having a lot of topics that we've kind of picked or thrown in there towards the beginning there's and then it like blends mixes and then it's somebody else towards the middle then it blends mixes and it's somebody else towards the end and for year five coming in to round out the end is our lovely moustached banner waiver here uh because other than the tv show topics uh i think pretty much every topic here as we round out this this year are are your ideas correct I'm or at least you said what inspired them to make things. it onto the schedule. Well, I don't know if I actually necessarily said all of them. Like, again, I, I'll take my, my sort of either good or bad, you know, consequences for having written them in. But I feel like a lot of them, actually, I was just the one who typed them. So they're in Daniel speak and therefore uh, hard to deny that Daniel put them in there because... While I don't not speak English, it's definitely a different English than a lot of other people. It's English, but not the English you know. Yeah, it's Amin Khan English. But here we go. I'm back to this shit of fucking with the webcam. <laughs> All right. That so what are we said, talking about today? Uh, well, first and foremost, before we go ahead and talk about anything... Go to the Gathering Madness if you're live. Also, go to blacktowerpod.com. 
Oh, if you're listening live, if you're alive, yeah. <laughs> go to the Gathering Madness. Which is fantastic um, advice. Though I, I don't to... think we have the space for what's the world population now? Eight billion? Something like that. Ridiculous is the answer to that yeah. question. But yes, please go to the Gathering Madness if you are listening live. Uh, probably the people who are listening live are either going or have determined that it does not work for them. But, um, but still. Gathering Menace is going to be off the chain. It's going to be awesome. And if you did not get a chance to go or you just want to relive it, uh, I know that we will have pictures up on blacktowerpod.com. So definitely go check out blacktowerpod.com for all of your Black Tower needs, uh, including social media uh, links and merch shops and things like that. In the Patreon, you get access to our live recording for just a dollar a month. Indeed. So, uh, today we're doing a, a topic that I think is a little bit fun, uh, which is kind of two questions blended into one, uh, and or sort of it, something that I was thinking about not too awful long ago and that we were talking about on an episode, which is why I felt like we should delve into it a little bit longer. The Horn of Valir. We have talked about it on this episode or on this uh, podcast at least a few times. It is a fantastical artifact that apparently predates the Age of Legends, which is where they actually really started getting into some of their best documentation for magical implements, Terangrial, Angrial, Sangrial, all of these different things that we then lose even the Age of Legends histories for during the break-in. Um, it's actually when all of that comes about. Because Terangrial and everything, none of that, in known form at least, existed before the Age of Legends, because magic wasn't discovered in the first Correct. Age. Yes. And, so and it's that like is, literally that is everything that does something fancy that we know about and know how it came to be, or at least in the in the Age of Legends knew how it came to be, is from the Age of Legends. Well, so there is a little bit of a possible exception that I want to throw out there because I've actually heard other um, you know theories on things like the Horn of Valir, and we won't go into this mm. too much because it's not really. It, I, I think it's a little bit relevant to what you just said. And also relevant to sort of the unknownness of a lot of this. But uh, there is actually a strong suggestion, and given that we don't actually have a true origin story in the books of the Horn of Valir, that since we already know that there are effectively alien races who mm. come to Randland via seemingly fantastical means there may or may not actually be artifacts of those civilizations or other civilizations or things that somehow came into Randland via other means, including portal stones or uh, the book of translation or, you know, all of these other things that we don't really understand in the books that Robert Jordan put in and are awesome and we love them but don't get explained super well, that the Horn of Valir may actually be one of those things, for example. Because again, they talk about in the Age of Legends, they're like, we don't know how this thing actually works. It's, I mean, we do. You blow it and heroes of the horn show up and that's cool. But like, the, how the does it call in knowing them? Like what 
how to yeah. use it versus knowing how it works. Exactly. I know how to use a cell phone. I don't know how it works. For example. Uh, indeed. And so, again, sort of all of that to sort of say, we do get a certain amount of information about the Horn of Valir or what certain things that work through it and or information that were given by people who are called by it. Because Birgitta gives us a few uh, different things about sort of where the heroes of the Horn are waiting why they're like where it is that is sort of their lobby between right but there's their sort of lobby between being spun back out into the pattern as actual living human beings with bodies and souls uh and being called into the real of into the real world as sort of mildly incorporeal souls that are just being brought into a sort of more corporeal realm. Um, we also, also know that Arter Hawkwing says a handful of things like you can choose to be a hero of the horn when we give you an invitation or you can choose to not to. And once your soul is tied to the, to the horn of Valir. At some point, if you want it out and you don't want to keep being reincarnated back into the real world, or like into sort of Randland or the, you know, Shanchan possibly, or, you know, different places that these souls can go back into, that you can pull yourself out and say, no more. I don't want to do this. And then seemingly your soul does still get spun back out, but it goes back into sort of a pool where you don't go back to Teleran Riyadh, which is sort of the lobby, and know about these things. It gets washed clean and, and sort of, you know, the men in black memory eraser and whatnot happens to you and, and you just come back fresh every time. Um, now, we also know of that's a little bit of context for, for part of where I'm going with this. We also know that there are other entities that get reborn in a seemingly endless cycle uh, and that they have little choice, some choice, no choice, depending on who it is and what they're doing about whether they come back, how they come back, and what they do when they do. And one of those largest examples is the dragon soul that of lose therein and then that you know then becomes randall thor and presumably if the actual sort of idea of the cyclical nature of the wheel and that it's been going on forever and that it goes on forever into perpetuity that that would just continue to happen forever right so my question to posit to my co-host and also you you, know, think about it answering myself oh before you do that because I'm, I'm trying to find this um because i thought i know we've discussed like could you like no could you decide to no longer be a hero of the horn yes but i thought that whenever alter hawkwing was talking to matt about you know when invited you can choose to be but once you choose to be you are forever bound Oh, that's fair. That it was like a once you once you say yes, I want to join the club. Like you have to really make sure you want to be in the club because once you say yes, 
I'm here for the party. You don't get to leave the party. Yeah, I, I will Which admit. I, I think when we talked about it, I know I personally disagreed with because it doesn't seem like something that that would fit like the creator's narrative. Like letting somebody yeah. choose to be a part of something and then forcibly mm -hmm. binding them to it forever. Yeah. Um, and so I, I will definitely say that my headcanon, unless there's absolutely a sort of... Uh, a Robert Jordan interview or something along those lines where he absolutely says, no, no, no. Once you're in, you're in forever. Uh, I have a hard time believing. I, I feel like that would be a situation where Arthur Hawkwing would actually say that to someone or like in your invitation, he would go to people and say, once you're in, you're in, you can't leave once you've decided to be a hero of the horn to, to help them understand the gravity of the choice and only get people who were actually like really dedicated to it. But at the same time, I also have a hard time believing that that would actually be a rule forever. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's also like kind of harder to look up now with, uh, so for anybody wondering, like we're talking about this, Specifically through the lens of the books, not the TV. Yes. Yes. With that being said, it is significantly harder to look up the book information about the Heroes of the Horn right now because uh, there's been a finale and they play a part. Surprise that season two incorporates <laughs> the Great Hunt and the Dragon Reborn like they told us yes. it would. Um, so I was like, trying to find that dialogue between Matt and Alter Hawkwing. Um Indeed. Hawk, hawking, not Hawkwing. Hawkwing? Hawking. Hawkwing. Hawkwing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. Hawkwing. I get it. Okay. I'm dumb. Yeah. Um, it's all good. But right now, like anytime you look up Heroes of the Horn and Matt right now, everything is about the, the finale, which I'm not going to say anything about now, sense. even though by the time yeah. this comes out, we've already talked about it. But uh, mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm choosing to do that. Maybe because that's not what we're talking about. No, that um, makes sense. I, I can appreciate it. But yeah, I, I feel like I distinctly remember that being one of the things like, yes, you can choose because, yeah, it's when Matt asks, like, am I one of you? And Otter Hawking is like, no, but you could be one day if you wish. Yeah. But if you wish to, you can never go back. Yeah. But that is and for I really time feel like something like that. Yeah. And I really feel like, again, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is. I'm also is not going to take Otter Hawkwing dialogue. I'm also not going to take Otter Hawkwing as the end all be all authority on mystical items, considering what he did in his life. So, yeah. Well, and also, I will. I will mention, Brandon, you are awesome. I am actually almost done with the uh, First Age Mistborn series, and it is fantastic. You do a really good job with the things that you work on. But you are not the initiator of this particular book series. And I don't know how many notes actually said anything about every minute detail about these, uh, about this book series. So I am going to take everything that Brandon says in the last three books with a grain of salt because he finished the series and I absolutely, myself and a lot of other people are forever indebted to him for doing that. 
But there are also plenty of things where he's been like, yeah, I just kind of had to muddle through that. And so I figured it out. (laughs) And so mad respect, but also, I mean, again. Yeah. I mean, that being said, like, I, I know, I know I have, and I'm sure we all have at least at points directly disagreed with Robert Jordan about his own books. I mean, not like oh, we're also talking true. to him and saying you're wrong about your books, but like Robert Jordan no, has said, true. this is the thing. And we've been like, eh. that's you know, not my ultimately head like, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately it, if Robert Jordan said that's how it is, then technically as the creator of mm-hmm. the material, that's how it is. That is. And then him bequeathing the remainder of it with notes to the rest of team Jordan. Um, yes. You know, that is what it is. It but is. you know it's it's fun to disagree because you know why not? I mean, well, you know, and of course anyway. again, I I want to sort of restate in some ways, head cannons are head cannons, and if you actually think that the world works better in some ways in your own mind for the way that you think about things or the way that you see things or the the clues that you think were dropped, if you will, like again, be aware that the author says that it works differently be aware of that and don't stand there and tell other people they're wrong especially when the author agrees with them but at the same time feel free to state your opinions don't shy away from doing that just because your headcanon is different and in fact i want to throw out there real quick and i will absolutely get off any soapbox very very soon after saying this that's kind of the point of these books your headcanon is your headcanon. And so if you're standing there with a headcanon that's different than a number of other people, that's great. You know what you shouldn't do is go rate the Amazon series badly because it didn't follow your headcanon. That's the one thing you shouldn't do because you'll notice that your headcanon is different than other people's. And if your headcanon is different than other people's, then the show is never going to get it right for everyone. So fuck you. Now, if you actually do think that there are other aspects of the the of Robert Jordan's story or uh, of the TV show that you want to go ahead and complain about, fine. That's fine. Cinematography is not something that is your headcanon. I mean, it's still a preference, mm-hmm. but it's not your headcanon. But yeah, anyway, that's that's my soapbox. Don't yell at things because they don't fit your headcanon if they weren't made by you and or for you. Anyway, going back to the show, or uh, the the question that's not actually about the show. Yeah. Uh, it is about the Speaking books. of people that are really good with the facts, Morshadi did just right. uh, drop the thing. So it was in a... this. Uh, so it's not the exact quote from the books, mm-hmm. but from that conversation, but it is a Q&A with, uh, with Brandon... Um, and basically it's, it's that way because the answer is it's that way because RJ wanted it that way. Um, yep. he didn't want anyone to ever be unbound and that, uh, that exploration in the, this direction would go against his vision for the world. Um, so, but all that being said, um, let's get to the meat and potatoes as our Sorvon Mahale loves to say so frequently. Of tonight's episode, which again does revolve heavily around the horn and heroes of the horn. Mm-hmm. And again, we are talking specifically from the books, not yes. the TV show. Not the TV show. So, 
my question here is what is your thought actually kind of re revolving around all of this is Matt fantastically gets access to all of his past lives or memories of his past lives in the books. Um, Rand has a certain amount of unlocking of his own memories and such in uh, this life based on his previous lives and souls. Um, the heroes of the horn, when they're in Teleran Riyadh, actually have all of their memories from all of their lives that they've lived uh, throughout the ages. Um, can the dragon reborn, or sorry, can the dragon, the soul of the dragon, which is continually reborn, can that soul ever be offered being part of the, the Heroes of the Horn? And if so, is there now a sort of new soul that gets chosen to be the dragon? Um, or is it just a dragon that can also be called by the hero of the horn when they're not in the world? What do you think, Andrew? Um, or is there a third thing that I haven't even thought of yet? Like, what, no, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm going to say no. They can't. The dragon cannot be a hero of the horn, and no hero of the horn can be reborn as the dragon. Um, I think that this is one of those. The dragon's soul is a very special soul that is hand catered to by the creator. Okay. Um, so maybe, maybe the soul can hang out and tell it on Riyadh. I don't think that that happens um, because we never see anybody talk about encountering the dragon in Teleron Riyadh, unless it is Rand or like Luz Darren or something like that. Um, I don't think so. And part of that too is uh, like Wine pointed out in the live chat about Amara Su. Uh, Amara Su is a champion of the light and the a counterpart to the dragon. Um, which is another reason why I believe that the dragon's soul cannot be bound to the horn uh, because it balances with a Marasu that can be bound to the horn. Um, but a, a soul with the, I don't, I, I, they're counterparts, but I, I don't, a Marasu doesn't play the same role. A Marasu is a non, not as big as the dragon soul that the, the light can spin out to do smaller course corrections for the world, I think. And that it's whenever the job is too big for a Marasu or too big for a Marasu alone, or it's as critical as the Dark One's breaking free from his prison, then that's whenever uh, the pattern pulls out its trump card. And is like, that's it. We're sending in the USS Gerald Ford of this world to fix what's going on here. <laughs> Um, so for the dragon, I, I, I don't think he, I don't think he can be, I think the soul honestly is just too important to be potentially at the beck and call and whim of a device like the horn of Valir. I think it's too dangerous, even for the, even for the force of the light to be able to recall the dragon's soul at any time with the powers of the dragon. 
into the waking world. I think it's too risky because you have the nature of the dragon where he can either side with the light or he can side with the shadow. Um, or he can just die. And, and then like the, the pattern goes into like, oh shit, execute order, deploy fucking everything mode. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think the dragon soul is too important and too unique. Um, so bound to the wheel, but not bound to the horn. Hmm. So this does. Uh, so there's a there's an interesting post that uh, Morshadi actually just put in mm -hmm. um, that one someone was interviewing Robert, obviously, or asking him questions, um, and they said regarding the dragon and the dragon reborn and Grendel's thoughts about Ishamael's musings, is this soul born in any other age? or only at the advent, and theoretically, of course, the closing of the Third Age as the dragon slash the dragon reborn. Robert Jordan's response is, this soul is one of the heroes and bound to the wheel, spun out as the pattern wills. It is born in other ages, but in a non-dragon incarnation to suit the pattern of that age. Uh, her interpretation the the questioner's interpretation then uh reminds me of the fact that Arter does actually call rand lose theron when he sees him later on mm -hmm. um and so i don't actually know uh, again it is unclear whether they would have actually seen each other This gets so difficult so so quickly because it's also a question of when does your soul get tied to the heroes of the horn or tied to the horn in general? Also, Arter Hawkwing seems to be a leader of the heroes of the horn, even though he's supposed to have lived like a thousand years before. Not you know, multiple thousands of years before. Um, and it's interesting that he would be like the leader of the Heroes of the Horn being a possibly like young hero of the Horn in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Uh, and so, I don't know. It like, it makes me think that maybe you can also choose what life you come back as. Like maybe Arter Hawkwing has actually always been a soul that has come back over and over and over and over uh, again. But his most recent iteration was Arter Hawkwing. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I'm looking for one thing because do we know? Do we know are the are the heroes bound to the horn or are they bound to the wheel? Because we see, only see is, yep we only that's see now the, also the, a different question. Yeah, because we only ever see 
um, the dragon as specifically stated as bound to the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, which would mean that, you know, if the Dark One's successful and destroys all of creation, he then destroys what binds the jar the, the dragon. Um Ooh, that's also a good question. Is but, the horn of Valir bound to the wheel? I don't think it is. Me either. I don't think it's I don't think the horn is bound to the to the wheel. Um, so like, because I think then would in some ways necessitate that the souls would not really be bound to the wheel either. They would be bound to the horn, which is movable, which is therefore. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, so two things, one, um, the thing that Morshadi posted about Robert Jordan confirming that the dragon's soul is a hero, but is not always reborn as a as the dragon capable mm-hmm. um i know the quotation has hero as a capital h i don't think it is a capital h i think he is just a hero a, uh, like in the terms of being heroes let's see let me read this real quick oh this is okay that's the quote about uh being able to unlink mm, yes oh. indeed Oh, well, that actually kind of answers this as far as what Robert Jordan says, because this says, Robert Jordan's answer was, you cannot decide not to be a hero linked Correct. to the wheel. So, but I don't know if I buy that. I mean, obviously, like like I said earlier, the, the author, yes. whatever the author says and, and their team says goes, that is the, tr- the truth. But I don't, I don't see, because I don't see... I mean, well, they can all be spun back out in due time, which means that their existence in the world is not dependent on the horn. Because if it was dependent on the horn, then the wheel wouldn't be able to just grab them out of Teleron Riyadh and spin them back out into the world. Uh, No, it might. Because it might require the horn to still be on that plane. Maybe the souls actually move with the horn. But I mean, again, Teleron is basically like this center point between seemingly almost sort of like all universes and all places and all time and whatnot. Well, that's how it works because Teleron Riyadh is simultaneously the closest mirror world to the world we're reading in but also a point where all possibilities converge. And that's why you can will things into existence and reality there, because essentially all you're doing is willing something to happen and you're causing a portion of the world from whatever reality that matches what you're trying to do to manifest itself in Teleron. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to look like, I think like that might be the metaphysics behind why Robert Jordan has Teleron be the way it is and work the way it does. But um, there always seems to be a distinction between the dragon's soul and the heroes of of the horn. Maybe it's just maybe the real distinction is that like whenever whenever the soul is spun back out in full dragon mode, the soul is not bound by the horn. 
Like the soul is not beholden to the horn. Um, hmm. I don't know because I don't, I don't see why you would have your. I don't. I don't see why you would allow your most critical soul to be bound in a vulnerable state with a vulnerable artifact. Because you're vulnerable in Teleron Riyadh. Yes. And like we've seen with Brigida. And if someone went into Teleron Riyadh while the dragon soul was still in there and yanked him out, uh, it's, it seemed like the fear Brigida had was being back in the world unnaturally could completely unravel what her soul was. They, I mean, they, they had no idea what would happen if she died now that as she was. Now, we do see that whenever she does die, she just goes back. Um, well, maybe. Because I've actually absolutely had the thought that Birgitta actually was able to... elevate herself to a level that would have... Uh, gotten her an invitation back into the horn even if she wasn't connected to it anymore in the life that she lives outside of or like after having been wrenched out of Teleranriad. Mm -hmm. But it's also interesting because I mean Brigida also mentions that there is uh that there's like a special place in Teleranriad that the heroes hang out and that it is actually an area, area of safety. And that Geidel is continually being like, hey, stop leaving that place to help these people in Teleranriad. You need to stay in the place that's safe. It's dangerous out here. Stop. And she goes, we have to do something. And of course, it actually ends up getting her removed from the pattern uh, or removed from Teleranriad, not the pattern. But it ends up, you know, having giving Mogedian the opportunity to wrench her from Teleran Riyadh. So maybe, maybe then it might be better to say, or more fitting to say that that all heroes, including the dragon, are bound to the wheel, but not all heroes are bound to the horn. In fact, because again, I feel like Matt is actually like that works also. With the another hero tied to the wheel maybe not maybe he's not necessarily a hero but again i mean he recognizes that he has been some pretty dope ass souls or that his soul has been some dope ass people in his memories that you know again is definitely being spun back out with you know some regularity uh but yeah, I mean, so then, oh, yeah. so then the question I think would become if if the dragon is a hero, which is with with that one right now is a hero, sure, and the dragon's soul is is reborn like the nor like every other hero soul, but doesn't always get reborn with its dragonness. Like this is that's an extra power mm -hmm. multiplier that the the pattern puts on the soul when it's. That also means that the nature of the dragon is independent from a soul. 
if the pattern can put it on and take it off, then what makes the dragon the dragon isn't related to their soul necessarily at all. Well, and Which, it also does seems that mean that like anybody could be can... reborn as the dragon? Well, that's that's part of it that I'm sort of feeling. But also, if you kind of look at it that way in, in a lot of ways, it also means that the when you actually have that dragon mantle placed on your soul, you would then remember all of the other souls and or your soul previously that had that mantle, but not seemingly remember any of those times that you were not the dragon. If that, is that makes sense. All, is that why all the... Well, what if all the heroes... Like, this is just a fun thought. I don't think this is actually how it works, but... What if all of the heroes are beholden to the dragon banner because at some point they have all lived a life as the dragon? Oh, shit. And so they, they respect the, the struggle of the dragon. So when they see it, they feel compelled to assist because they've all been there. I actually really, really like that idea. I, I don't know if it's obviously, you know, what Robert Jordan would have said, but I actually really oh, like that didn't. idea because you know what? I it's know just that a we're a big actually... group of people being like, hey, bro, I understand. I've been there right? before. It's just a big support. Cry it out, buddy. Cry it out. This sucks. Don't, We've all been Don't there. worry, Luce, there, and it's all right. We've all been here before. Well, so so there's actually another topic that we're going to talk about later, which I actually think we might have sort of answered, and I will talk about it again later because uh, it's it's bigger than this topic. But I like the idea of it being different souls with sort of that that mantle placed on it because that actually allows Luz Theron Telamon to be the Dragon Reborn, or to be the Dragon. Apologies, mm. and then. For Randall Thor to be the same Lose Theron soul with the dragon mantle, but not remember every other dragon that's ever lived because those were other souls. And so instead of actually feeling like it's that sort of like missing link of why doesn't Rand ever remember any of the other dragon souls besides Luz Theron Telamon because it's the only one that he fucking ever talks about it would allow it to be like okay well the reason that is is because you're only remembering the one other time your soul wore the dragon mantle and you don't get to remember every other soul that's ever worn it. You just mm -hmm. get to remember when your soul wore it before, if that makes sense. Also, that is like crazy in some ways, because that also maybe answers the Matt question. Because, of course, again, Ardor says to him, you might be able to someday. Maybe he's telling Matt in sort of a roundabout way that you've never been the dragon before to get an invitation into this club. You got to be the motherfucking dragon at some point. <laughs> I, I like the idea. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the prerequisite, but I like, I like the cool. idea. Like that's, that's your membership card. Like I served as the 385th dragon. Welcome to the club. 
Um, but I like one of these things because we keep talking about like the uh, the banner always comes up with these kind of discussions mm-hmm. around the heroes of the horn and everything. And I've seen this same Q and A thing posted several times where somebody asked if the banner and the horn of Valir were created at the same time. RJ says no. And then somebody asked, uh, then why did Hawking tell Rand to produce the banner at Falma before he could attack? Uh, one, Hawking didn't tell Rand to produce the banner. Rand, what? Nope. No, he didn't tell Rand to do it. He told um, he told Matt, uh, Matt and Perrin basically that it needed to that the banner is there that it needs to be flown. Um, yep. And because the banner was present they had to follow it had the banner been leagues away they could have done whatever the horn sounder wanted like they wouldn't have had to follow the banner but because it was present they had to follow it mm-hmm. not the banner is a prerequisite for the heroes to act yes um, of course maybe I'm that wrong is also about my reading about that. Rain, but yeah um and it's hard to keep up with all the sheer information that Morshadi's like dumping on us which is great. Uh, something called. Oh wait, no. He oh, so it is. Rain. My bad. According to this, it's well. Rand. He, well, he, he doesn't tell him that it has to be up there. He's like, "Oh, you're here. Do you also have the banner? Because he recognizes yeah. him as the dragon." Well, also, again, we know that Rand is a huge uh, Taviran, at least at that point, given being the dragon and you know, the life and, and even becoming sort of yeah. Bodhisattva Rand. Um, and yeah. so okay, it's, my bad. it's entirely is, possible that he is standing there holding the heroes of the horn where they need to be. And then he's like, oh, it's because of the banner. Like he I mean, might be wrong. It might so actually the- just be Rand himself that is holding them there. There's two things. So if they then, if the horn, if the horn, the horn predates the banner, um, mm-hmm. or they weren't at least made at the same time. If the banner was created, let's assume in the Age of Legends, because that's when I think it was created. Um, Agreed. Or maybe early Third Age. It might have been like somewhere around the breaking. I think if it was created to be a safety mechanism to keep the horn and the heroes of the horn from being summoned to follow someone that they don't want to or to be able to be used against the whatever the case is you wouldn't store it and the horn together you you wouldn't you don't put the thing and its safeguard in the same fucking location you don't it, the, i mean age of legends even they were smart enough to put the access keys physically separated by many many miles from the actual choden call um if it was necessary for the function of of the Horn of Valyria. If they weren't created at the same time, then the horn still works without the banner. It's it, it's not a prerequisite. Yeah. Unless the banner somehow predates the horn, but then seemingly the only function of the banner is to override the horn sounder's control of the heroes of the horn. Which is a weird thing. To, which is already weird like it needs yeah yeah because the heroes also say that they have free will they can choose to fight or not yep which means that the the idea of the horn sounders having the horn sounder having control of them is also maybe not true 
Well, okay. So there may actually be something to that. And let me let me sort of I don't want to go into too much because it's a different series. Uh, and it's a Brandon series, not a Robert series or anything like that. But uh, it is an interesting thing of, again, that sort of... Speaking in mild untruths or giving a new option so that you are less beholden to what's actually true. And so I'm going to use an example of in Brandon Sanderson's uh, age one uh, Mistborn novels. There is a, or there are two different species, if you will, of things that can be controlled completely through Allomancy. I won't say what they are. I won't say what you know, whatever, so as to not ruin anything for anybody who hasn't read the books. But they can be. One of them decides to go ahead and go to the, uh, the Mistborn and whatnot, and give them a piece of paper, if you will, and say, "We will follow individuals of you via contract." so that you have sort of control over us. And so throughout the years, they, the Mistborn forget that they could actually have full control over everything this species does if they just took them over mentally. And I feel like that might be a, a similar case to here of like, Maybe the heroes of the horn are actually 100% beholden to the horn sounder. But nobody remembers the keywords. No nobody remembers how to actually make all of the heroes do exactly what they want. And so the heroes come back and they say, "Oh, if anybody ever actually finds that out, we might be screwed." Let's tell them that they have that we have free will. And that we follow the banner, because they'll buy that, right? Like, it's it's that sort of idea of give them a lesser agreement so that they don't go looking for the bigger one, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I could kind of see that. But <clears throat> I don't know. Like, that's, that's just what I mean. Like, for, for me, like, it, it's almost... I don't know why it feels so pet peevy to me uh, about the the banner being a prerequisite for the horn to be used, um, because like the the banner only appears in the Corinthian cycle prophecies about the dragon, and or or is it even like under this or or wait does only the Ice at Ice symbol appear in the Corinthian cycle? No, no, the the one about Falma says, you know, beneath his banner he shall proclaim himself the dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, like, it, it's mentioned there in the Corinthian cycle, uh, which I think comes from the second age. I think it's an Age of Legends prophecy. Yeah, because it's after the death of Luce Theron. Mm -hmm. um, which is, technically, so that means the an age three prophecy 
because Luz Theron, uh, Luz Theron's death effectively ushers in the Third Age. Again, yeah. there so might be a it's, little. It's right there on that, that border. It may be. Yeah, it's, it may it's be like that. if you pick a hard date, it might be before. It might be right after. But Just it is like after Luz Theron's death. and BC are not quite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there, there's that. I mean, um. So, so, so to me, that that's pretty much like a settled issue. Um, but I've, I've talked about the banner before. Back to the the dragon. Um, yep. So, agree that he's that the dra- the soul of the dragon. Whoever is holding the mantle of dragon is bound to the wheel, and falls under the classification of heroes. Maybe, maybe the fact that the mantle can be put on and taken off is what makes that soul, whenever it's put on, not beholden to the horn. Then well, it's like, it's like the, the pattern reaching in and be like, you're wearing the mantle this time. You're you're getting spun out with the OP trump card, uh, but you know you got to figure it out. Look at me, you are the dragon now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think I think one of the things that Morshadi posted too said something about um, the same soul is always born as the dragon. Like it's the same soul every time, though. I I, I didn't read any of them that way, and it might just be a reading thing. But yeah, so it's, um, it's part of the one where it was talking about uh, being bound to the will. This soul is one of the here. Well. Theoretically, closing of the third age as the dragon slash dragon were born. Robert Jordan said, This soul is one of the heroes and bound to the wheel, spun out as the pattern wheels. It is born in other ages, uh, but in a non dragon incarnation to suit the pattern of the age. Yeah, I, I feel I mean, like I that's a. So, I mean, the soul is a, is a hero. But it almost seems like while like the soul is still a hero and is still bound to the wheel, but that yeah no that's that's the only explanation that I can think of right now is that the 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 mantle of dragon hops to whatever soul best fits the need for the time that it's needed. Well, so, and so here's here's now a new question. That actually might answer one that I asked earlier as far as what do you think in some ways of. I I mentioned sort of the uh, Arter Hawkwing being a weird choice as the sort of like leader of the Heroes of the Horn, or at least the one that stands at its front and talks to the horn sounder and blah, 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 blah. Um, But do you think because we see in this story mm-hmm. when we jump into it the dragon has already been reborn the soul and the mantle have already been spun back into the pattern it is rant period the end now again you don't necessarily know that as the audience the entire time but that is the facts is that rand has the soul of Luz theron telemon and the mantle of dragon by the way, I'm wrong, by the way. It is the same soul. Okay. It is always um, the reincarnation of a single particular soul. 
I don't know if I like that. But anyway, I mean, again, oh, no, I, don't, I like I like the it is more, but right. But again, is head cannon is not necessarily actual cannon. Um, yeah. But I, uh, if that's the case, we only ever see them blow the horn twice when the dragon's soul is in the world already. Do you think that someone could blow the horn and have sort of lose their Intellimon or maybe at this point Rand or maybe even a previous incarnation of the dragon's soul show up with the heroes of the horn then? Like, is that even a potential option when the soul isn't already in the world? Because again, with everything that's already been stated about how much the heroes claim they already they have a choice, uh, there's an invitation that's given out and you get the choice to join, blah, 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 blah. Does the dragon almost have sort of like the ultimate choice of like, well, I get to like come and go as I please when the horn is blown and sometimes I'll, I'll join them. But since I'm not actually bound to the horn... You know, I know that it's been blown and I can I can join them, but you know, I don't always have to. Like, what do you think? Uh sorry, I'm I'm reading Morshadi. Morshadi yeah, finally I, hit the indeed. enter button. Indeed. Um which we're just just giving you shit because we can. Um so Morshadi says uh, his interpretation of the heroes of the of the horn and the heroes. Heroes are tied to the wheel for the purpose of the pattern as as course correction. They spend time and talk around Riyadh and are only born when necessary. The dragons, since they're weirdly stitched together, are multiple quote-unquote souls stitched to the dragon soul and is allowed to be born without having to be the dragon every time. The Horn of Valir was created at some point in the past by mortals, confirmed by RJ and Marina, Maria. And the heroes are attached to be called to the mortal realm, except the dragon. My theory, or Morshadi's theory, at some point, someone created the horn and tied the heroes while the dragon was born slash in the world because they needed all the heroes to fight their last battle. The horn is a booty call. Uh, I do like it. Why I mean, you always gotta do that to us? Maybe it's a past. Morsh. So we know, like. We know the dragon frequently does things that are considered like unheard of and nigh impossible. Maybe it's a previous I mean, iteration of the dragon that created the horn. Couldn't even tie myself to this horn if I wanted to, because I'm actually in the world, motherfuckers. Yeah. But it would make sense, like, you know, <laughs> if several ages ago or several ages in the future, same thing, as far as the Wheel sure. of Time's concerned. If the dragon was like Huh. Let's make a trump card for the last battle. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, all of the legendary warriors that I read about in the fairy tale books. And, you know, we know these souls keep getting reborn. Let's do this so that we can summon them at any time that we want. Because, you know, there's definitely some point in the first age where some soul that becomes loose there or whoever becomes the dragon in the second age like reads Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and looks at the the reforged I forgot the name of the sword but it's the one that Aragorn Narsil. reforges 
Yeah. Uh, Looks at that and goes Elrond like, reforges it for Aragon, but yes. Or right, whatever. I just know he has it. Whatever. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is C tier of fantasy anyway. Um, Whoa. Kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. We were going to fight I just don't today. know the names. I just don't know the names from Lord of the Rings. No, I know. So, no, um, but like some previous iteration of the dragon, while he wasn't the dragon, but was still the same soul, was like, huh, neat. And that memory stuck. And so he made a horn that definitely doesn't look like the fucking atrocity in the show. The fuck is that wow. thing? Wow. I hate the way it looks. We'll talk about it more. I believe you do. Yeah. I fucking hate it. <clears throat> anyway, not talking about the show. Um <laughs> So it's like, so what, like, the, the freaking dragon power-up is only compatible with the same soul? Or is it compatible with the same two souls? Is it like, hey, when the pattern needs a dude to save it because whatever reason, then this soul, the male soul, gets it. But whenever the pattern, or uh, when the world needs a female soul for whatever reason, then Amara Sue's soul gets the mantle. Is it like a reversible battery? Like you put it in one way and you channel Sidene, you put it in the other way, you channel Sidere. Is the creator yeah, just swapping batteries between like his two favorite toys? We should not call them that. <laughs> I mean, he's the creator. He can have whatever he wants, I guess. I mean, he probably created it. I mean, yeah. I mean, just he like created right and wrong. He can do whatever he wants. Just like adamandeve.com Oh god. <laughs> Did you know uh, that if you put your batteries in sideways that it goes twice as fast? Uh it also overheats and explodes, but it'll go twice as fast for a little. <laughs> yeah. The tr- it's a it's a really risky game. Who explodes first, you or the toy? There you go. Like a, it's like the most dangerous game of hot potato, <laughs> hot vibrador. It's uh, like crossing a Samsung Galaxy S7 with a dildo, <laughs> or, maybe or apparently the new iPhone 15 because apparently those are having fucking problems too. Indeed. It's almost like batteries are risky when not used or made correctly, huh? It's almost like lithium is a heavily combustible element. Weird. Almost. Anyway. Um, yep. I don't know. Dragon bo- a dragon tied to the to the wheel, absolutely. Beholden to the horn, not at all. Uh, is he a hero? Yes. Being not bound to the horn, I think, means that he's not a hero of the horn. Though that may only be true whenever the soul is in a period of non-dragonness, which then removes the need to be cautious about him being able to just be called back into reality with all the powers of the dragon. Because if he doesn't have all the powers of the dragon, uh, then he's just as cool as the rest of the heroes. Uh, and then that yep. also makes it just as feasible for Amarasu to be pulled back into the pattern without all the powers of the female version of the dragon. Yeah. Um, which if that's the caveat that makes them able to be safe heroes of the horn, then fine. Um, but then my question is, is like, okay, then how exactly 
does this go about assigning the moniker of dragon to somebody is it just a hey shit's getting extra fucky better give them like the extra expensive dlc starter booster pack it's like that person that paid three hundred dollars for a seventy dollar game just so they could kill every enemy at the start of the game yep which doesn't actually happen normally it's like cosmetic shit or maybe slightly better stuff but which well, is even worse. Like if, I, if I pay actual money for in-game stuff to be better whenever the, I start playing the game, and it very quickly becomes like negated by better stuff early in the game, it's I feel like it's such a waste of money. That is accurate. But, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I really like the, again, my headcanon is definitely, I, I absolutely loved the, the thing that you said earlier. My new headcanon is the reason that Rand doesn't actually remember anything prior to Luz Theron Telamon is that Luz Theron is the last dragon. All and the other he heroes was, rejected it and looked at him and said, you fucked up last time. You got to fix it now. It's your fault. Maybe that's why you go. That's why you go back out. Like you're going back in the game. There, lose. You fucked up. Now it's time to fix it. Well, and I, I also love the idea of there being a ton of heroes of the horn, because again, I, it's always bothered me to a certain extent when, you know, they go through the portal stone, and have their flicker flicker moment, and then you know. Uh, there's the I've won again, lose Theron, uh, like statement. But again, it always feels like Rand can only ever remember his own life and lose his life or like fragments of lose his life. And so I really appreciate the idea that the dragon is actually a mantle and that it's not always tied to the exact same soul over and over and over again. And so I love the idea that sort of the dragon mantle can be removed and like the heroes of the horn aren't then like super dangerous because they can't come in and just tell the dragon reborn how to do things. And yet each and every one of them has sealed the boar before and each and every one of them has fought the dark one. And each and every one of those souls has been through what Rand is currently going through because their soul has screwed things up and fixed them again. <laughs> and since the wheel is continuing to turn, the Dark One has never actually truly escaped his prison or its prison or whatever. Um, and therefore, these are all the iterations of people that have either messed it up and then fixed it to a certain extent or or really just messed it up and fixed it to a certain extent and so they all know what this is like and they all come back at the call of the dragon because they've all been there that is my absolute favorite headcanon and so i like i love the idea that your invitation to become a hero of the horn is actually going through some apocalyptic level shit <laughs> it, and so i also love the idea that again that sort of matt is like 
could could I someday be a hero of the horn? And they're like, not until you go so, through some post-apocalyptic shit, motherfucker. Like, you got to go have a conversation with the dark one before you get an invitation to our club. <laughs> Alter Hawkwing just points justice at like Rand and is like, not until you go through what he's going through. Right? <laughs> not until you have two incurable wounds on your side. Yep. Not caused by your best friend. Well, um, so no, I, I like it. Um, and with some of the stuff, like there's a uh, the alleged contradictions uh, about like the the dragon and the heroes and everything like that. So like, I know one of the ones that used to be discussed a good bit was, you know, if if Luce Theron uh, or not Luce Theron, if Alter Hawkwing tells Rand. Like, hey, we've come to the horn, but we must follow the banner and the dragon, or, or tells whoever. But then, like, says, I fought by your side times beyond number, Luce Theron, and faced you as many more. And they're like, well, if, right. I, if they must follow the dragon, how is he facing? Well, I think we've answered that with the, that soul is not always born as a dragon, but the soul can be reborn as potentially another great leader, someone that Alter Hawkwing has faced in battle as himself or as another reborn version of himself as well. Yep. Because um, so I think we got that one. Arter has all of the memories of all of his souls. And so he's yeah. got that sort of cheat code there of like, just because you're not in the same skin and I'm not in the same skin doesn't mean I don't recognize you. No, I, I fought the older you. No, the older, older you. No, the older, no, no, no. older, older, older you. No, keep going. No, keep going. Nope. We got about thirty more nope. older. <laughs> um, we got to go six, seven generations back yeah. to find the guy I fought, and uh, eleven, twelve generations to find the guy I fought with. Yeah, um, and then the other—I uh, wouldn't even call these contradictions because to me, I think they're easily answered. Um, but that's just me being a dick. Um, is uh in memory of light uh Alter hawkwing looks at matt during the last battle and says we would never fight for the shadow and then you know people ask the question well then how had he faced loose there in so many times because again loose there is not always the dragon mm-hmm. so like you may not always fight for the light oh and by the way you can fight somebody without them being your absolute direct mortal enemy correct you know, because the Aiel and the Kyrianans, they fight. But in the last well, battle, they, they fight, fight together. See. Yeah. It's uh, the Ilioners and the Tyrians, not Lannisters, but the, the Tyrians. <laughs> the they tyrant. fight all the time. And then they fight together in the last battle. It's almost like you can fight literally anybody just because you don't it's... like them. They don't actually have to be evil. It's almost like the Shan who are actually one of the worst people, uh, sort of groups of people overall, and the White Cloaks, who are at least a very close second, if not maybe actually worse than the Shan Chan on some levels. Uh, everybody fights those guys a lot. And then when they get to the last battle, they're like, oh, fuck, there's something bigger than all of this. <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, you know, uh, Morshadi put this in the live chat, which if you want to be a part of the live chat in the Discord or and or on YouTube, make sure you join our Patreon at blacktarpod.com. Um, the dragon shall break all bonds. Um, I now fully blame 
the soul of the dragon being reborn in the 1920s for the Great Depression and causing economic collapse by breaking all the bonds that were sold. Do I know if there were actually bonds sold in 1920? No. Am I probably wrong? Probably. Do I still like the joke? Absolutely. That was such a dad joke that I'm absolutely with. But buy your war bonds. Lucerne just runs in and like snaps the stack of war bonds in half. No. (laughs) Bruh, Morshadi, no. 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 It made the show made one of the white cloaks palatable, Joffrey. One of the white cloaks palatable, sort of because he's pretty, Dane. And one of the white cloaks, the worst motherfucker in the show so far, Valda. What are you talking I mean, about, palatable? To be fair, he was he was already that bad in the books. No, no, no I agree with that. I I absolutely agree with that. And they again, just made... Joffrey is passable in the books, and Dane is obnoxious from day one. Well, Joffrey is good in the is... books because we don't get to uh... see him that long. That's also not wrong. I also agree. and Dane Dane is pretty decent in the books. He's just kind of like a follow along puppy until you know Daddy's no longer there. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk more about that this weekend because I have opinions. that is accurate. I believe you. Um, yeah. So, uh, Dragon. Uh, we've learned a lot about the nature of the dragon's soul. He is Indeed. amongst the ranks. Per Robert Jordan, he is the soul. So the same soul is always reborn as the dragon. It's always a specific soul reborn as the male dragon. And presumably then also the same soul always reborn as Amara Su. Um, presumably, but yep. The soul that is taking the the part of the dragon is not always reborn as the incarnation of the, the dragon, dragon abilities or the dragonness or the dragon, um, depending on what the pattern needs. And when things get so fucky wucky that the course correction needs to be major, it seems like uh, the creator turns on the cheat mode uh, for all of creation and goes ungodly power i'm going to give it to you again you know it's like your power's been sealed away but i will unlock your power (laughs) you know it's it's alucard restraint level zero unlock um except more um yeah um so then i would assume that whenever the soul is going to be reborn as the dragon uh there he's not beholden to the horn but i'm sure the pattern also works in a way to keep the horn far enough away to where nobody's going to blow it to potentially interfere with that. Um, though that does raise the, the question because... It always raises more questions, bud. Always. I, can the Dark One intercept a Hero of the Horn soul if they're reborn or pulled out and killed? Can he intercept them and then break them from their tie to the horn or the wheel? My answer to that would probably be no, because I, if I remember correctly, you actually need to be tied to the dark one to have him be able to grab your soul. Like we've actually discussed sort of that as far as like the oaths they take and such like that sort of ties them at least loosely to the dark one, which is part of where 
his ability to find them and grab them and and stuff them back into to bodies comes from. That's at least my headcanon, if not actually sort of like things that we've talked about as fact on the show. Um, and I think that already being tied to the horn means that you are outside of the Dark One's control. Uh, now, granted, again, being pulled out of Teleran Riyadh, all bets are kind of off as far as Brigitte is concerned, which is part of why I think that she's so worried, because she doesn't really know what kind of ties that breaks, or whether it breaks any ties, or whether uh, the Dark One will actually be able to get to her, or anything like that. Um, I would probably say that the answer is still no, that you'd actually have to make, like, oaths to the Dark One for him to just be able to grab you. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible that that that's a thing. Because if he is actually legitimately Lord of the Grave, I can appreciate sort of the idea of him needing to very actively be grabbing your soul. Um, and that he only has so much ability to do that at any given time, which is why he doesn't just take everyone's soul all the time mm -hmm. and turn them to the dark. But I also feel well, like the Heroes of the Horn would have some kind of uh give you some kind of protection well he has two prerequisites well there's two things about the dark one uh the lord of the grave thing is a misnomer because he doesn't have complete dominion over over death um yes and we have talked so about that before but he doesn't he doesn't no one no soul snatched by the dark one is reborn um it's like a pseudo resurrection. He has to have a vessel to put the soul in. He can't grab souls and just hold on to them. Basically, he does like the whole like Kung Fu Panda third movie, which was still garbage, or second movie, just still garbage. The fucking peacock shit. Like uh, I fucking hated it. Um, but the the Tai Chi redirection of the soul, like he does that and redirects the soul into a body. Um, but he also can't change the personality of the soul. I mean, that's also true. Yes. So it's kind of like one of those things, like, could he grab like the most noble person's soul that fought for the light and throw them in a body of his choosing? Absolutely. Would that person immediately follow the dark one for that? Absolutely no. not. So then you would have to spend the effort to intercept the soul, waste one of your bodies. Cause you have a finite number of those, especially Correct. if you're trying to keep ones compatible with channelers for that. For your chosen. Yep. And then you would have to turn around and have 13 loyal channelers to you and 13 merge all to then forcibly turn this person to fight for you. And I don't even remember if that works on non-channelers. I don't think it does. I think that only works on people that can channel. So if they can't channel, it's like, what's the fucking point? You would never reach out and intercept Bashir, like Davram Bashir, or Pedra Nial, or any of the other great captains, because you can never turn them to your side unless you like manipulate them to change their own character. So yeah, it's it's like, hey, I'm gonna give you another chance at life so that you can continue to fight me, and you just used up one of my standby vessels. Right. So it's it's like literally pointless for the Dark One to do it to anybody who is not a channeler. And so. possibly even then. 
And possibly even then, like, it just depends on the effort. Like, oh, I'm running kind of low on bodies, or I'd grab this channeler, but they're not quite strong enough. I like to think that he was, like, about to grab Avienda's soul and, like, put her in a body and then turn her, and then, like, ran Bell Fire's fucking Ravine. And then just <laughs> as the Dark was about to grab the soul, she just, like, slips away, and he's just like, Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Who taught the fucker Bellfire? I wonder his name. Asmodian? You son of a bitch! Even though he didn't uh, do it. Moraine, actually. Well, yeah, but he can't kill. He can't get to Moraine as easily as he can Asmodian. Correct. But, yeah, anyway. Um, so, this has been a lot of him and Han about, like, we know the generic answer, thanks to Robert Jordan and Maria and Brandon about the the nature of the dragon soul i think i do think we've learned more than i at least remember um about mm-hmm. how this works um i don't know that i ever cognitively knew that the dragonness was um a special attachment of legendary status that the creator just like snaps on and snaps off when he feels like it does that mean that after Rand switches bodies he just snaps off the dragon moniker possibly well that's also just a general question in in a lot of ways is once the dragon has done what the pattern wants are they still the dragon anymore so i I mean mean, we're not gonna answer that right now Uh, yeah we know he's not to anymore and neither is matt or perrin because they're only to for the the duration that the pattern needs them to be because they weren't born to Seemingly, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's all different things and questions brought up by this, which is one of the things I love about these metaphysics discussions because oftentimes they yield other questions, uh, some of which mm-hmm. I'm sure we've talked about before and felt that we had answers to, and then I, I know I've just forgotten. So, But I think that's enough, him uh, and Han, about uh, this question. I Coming away from this, I feel like this is one of the rarer questions we've asked and actually answered and answers in quotation marks because a lot of the answers came by way of Morshadi who gave us the answers from Robert Jordan, Maria and uh, Harriet and uh, Brandon, uh, which is always lovely. So uh, it's still just fun to talk about. Agreed. Well, and of course, I mean, like my one of my favorite parts about this is we sort of sit and talk and we we dance around a number of things. We suggest certain things. And I am coming out of this with a new headcanon. So even if it's not right, even if it's not like objectively correct, even if Robert Jordan, you know, reborn into another body would absolutely come to me and be like, hey, that's not what I intended, dumbass. Like, mm-hmm. it's it may not be right what I the want, books, but it it's could what be want. right per the show. Well, for example, yeah. that's a yeah. whole other thing. Yeah. Now, whenever people be like, "Yeah, no, that's not how it works in the books," like, "Oh, sorry, no, I'm talking about the show." There you go. <laughs> Maybe it'll make you feel better about it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's gonna do it tonight. Uh, next week. Agreed. Also, no, well, next week and definitely before then, the end of this week, we will have Josh back with us, uh, rejoining us in some more fantastic discussions. We've missed him. Um, 
Namely, his little like fucking flick of the the top of the Sailor Jerry's bottle. No, that's always fun to watch. I wonder how long it takes (laughs) him to find that top after we finish recording. Um, but we'll be back if you're listening live again this coming weekend, uh, Friday the thirteenth, all the way through uh, Sunday, um, October the fifteenth is the Gathering Madness for celebrating the conclusion of five years of doing this here podcast. So, um. If you are making it there in person, we're looking forward to seeing you. If you can only join us online, uh, thank you for wanting to be there. Uh, And we look forward to seeing you online as well. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a really fun time. And we'll be talking about a bunch more stuff there. If you're listening to this when it's available publicly on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast at, go go on YouTube and check out our live streams from that weekend, namely on the 14th, uh, which is that Saturday because we will be streaming as much of the Gathering Madness as is possible. So if you missed out, you can go and watch it there. And uh, you will not have missed out. Um, But we're going to start getting or continue getting ready for that. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Um, And for those of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, I have been your Bajan Mahal Andrew. And And I have Sorvon Mahal Josh. Uh, where's the bottle? It didn't work. Sorry. I'm not I as think successful. it's a childproof cap. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been your Amin Khan Mahal, Daniel. And from all of us here at the Black Tower, thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for uh, lining up in an orderly fashion to take this week's weekly dose of taint. And we hope that you're having a lovely morning. In case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. In the shadow, always watching, always running the show. In the tower, you can bring your pain. In the tower. Trouble just fitting in. In the tower, we can help you.